guys. We are back with the 443 podcast. Reese, where are we going today? Uh, so we're going to be taking it back all the way to Monday uh, with the Wolves-Brighton game that ended nil-nil. Uh, but we also have a Premier League player of the season we'll be covering with you guys a little bit later as well, along with our usual stoppage time and, and rumors that are going on in football. we we'll some preview for next week. The game's coming. Or for sure. Not even this, like two days from now. Upcoming business week yeah. at this point. Uh, Matt. Feels like I've seen. It's been a while since I've seen you. It's man. been a weird week, man. It's only you were literally over with last Sunday, but it feels like it's been like a month. Yeah, working. I feel like the start of the year with working in general just isn't fun. It, my office, we've just been getting crushed. Everyone who's got time calls out, and people have scheduled vacation. And I'm in both camps. Yeah, I, I haven't taken whole days off, but I'm just like, go. Yeah, I just want to go home for like an hour early. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the game, guys. Uh, like I said, game ends nil nil. Now, before we jump into the game itself, a couple things I did want to touch base with you on. Uh, Wolves kind of came out first half with Cunha playing more as a false nine or an attacking midfielder. And our boy Neto was basically playing as an inverted winger or a second or a striker in a sense. So um, kind of different than Wolves usually plays where Cunha is more the false or the, the striker, the true striker. And uh, Neto is more of a wide winger, which we saw back in the second half of the game. Well, they're missing our patron saint. Yeah, we need our boy Huang back, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that would have made a difference, well, too. Yeah, I think it would have. <laughs> but I also think that South Korea needs to win that cup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for obvious reasons, too. Um, and another thing was, uh, man, I I just love Brighton Brighton uh, in possession, man. Like, just the little intricacies they do, uh, kind of like, similar to City, how, you know, if they're in a low, if they're playing against a team in a low block, which they did against Wolves at some point in the game, you know what they do if they couldn't break it down? Send it all the way back to their goalkeeper. Everyone drops back. Make Wolves get out of their shell. And then they start from scratch again shift playing the possession out of back. Around, or like, it's not shift the possession around, but shift the yeah. force Wolves to move around yeah. and open up space. And, and Wolves like to press at certain points, and they forced them to do that, which you don't get from a lot of teams that are can't break down a, a low block. Well, and this game brings into the fact that, I mean, you and me were talking about this because I was watching it at work with no sound, and yeah. I've watched it twice since then. And it's a game where it wasn't exciting, but if you look at what's going on, it was literally Deserby trying to break apart yeah. this Wolves team, who have a pretty good defense for where they sit in the table. For sure. Um, and then Wolves trying to figure out some way to break through Brighton's defense. It was almost like watching two people, like evenly matched boxers, yeah. trying to figure each other out. And you could tell they both had plans uh, mm-hmm. in the game itself. And they both uh, presented their plans, yeah, too, for sure. From different times. Um, do you have the XG? I think it was around one point three for Brighton or something yeah, like 1. that. Yeah, one point three seven for Brighton, one point one four for Wolves. And I'd say that's pretty fair because we'll, we'll get into the game itself. There really wasn't too much action in the first ten minutes. It was more so them feeling it out. Now, eleventh minute, Wolves conceded away corner to Brighton. Uh, that should have been put away. Goes back post to Buena Note. I, I don't want to butcher his name, but I think that's how it's pronounced. Where he heads it into the ground, but like if he usually just, if he doesn't dive for the ball there and he just volleys it, it probably goes in. Like and Wolves, they said this. I don't know if he caught this in, in rewatching it, but they said Wolves are the only team in Premier League who have not been scored on from a corner. So. Uh, I think Arteta will meet his match one day on a set piece. We'll have mm-hmm. to see that. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even say that on commentary. It just appeared in a bubble on the top left <laughs> of the screen. Uh, yeah, there was one player that kind of caught my eye because he seemed like he, as a defender for Wolves, kind of got the most um, action coming towards him. But he handled himself pretty well. It was a uh, Samundo. 
Like, oh, Nelson Semedo. Semedo, thank Semedo. you. Yeah, he's a, he's a good outside back. Played at Barcelona for a couple seasons. He just seemed like his side got really peppered, and he just kind of held his own. Yeah. Like, he was just kind of doing, like, neo defense. Like, he was, like, I don't know how to that's, describe it. No, that's, that's, that's perfect that you mentioned that because it's so hard to cover that left flank for Brighton because of Estupinian. Um, and he is one of the best left backs in the league. And, you know, obviously they're hitting on all cylinders when Matoma's present, but obviously he's away as well. But Buenanote has filled in that role really well. So, yeah, definitely a good uh, defensively for both teams. Very sound and composed. Both teams deserved a clean sheet in this For sense. me, watching this game, it was interesting in spurts, but for the most part, it was like not active. But I imagine somebody like Michael Arteta will might yeah. will, like show his players like break down this game with a laser pointer at the training ground or pep. Yeah, and like with Brighton in particular, um, where they specifically tried to break down Wolves was in sort of the middle of the field. Like they wouldn't do it directly from the back where they played a long ball the way up and they couldn't really break them down in, in a low block. What they did was they kind of beat Wolves in between Wolves press and in between the, the low block right at the center of the pitch where they're going right through their midfield. And the Zerbe is the master of that game tape. Or exactly. a master of the game tape. Exactly. And in the 35th minute, um, I don't know who number 40 is for Brighton, but he played Estupignan out wide when he should have. It may have been Buenanote that's number 40 now that I'm thinking about it. But... Um, and they had it. He was driving down the middle of the pitch. Joe Pedro makes a run perfectly through the middle, and he plays a stupid yawn wide. If he just plays that ball into Pedro, like it's it's one on one with him and the goalie. And Joe Pedro this season has been one of the best strikers in the league. So I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity. But it shows that they were just cutting through him like butter in that middle of the pitch in particular. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I told you, it was just seemed like it was like watching two tactical guys. Yeah. play chess to a stalemate or something because it was just like it wasn't high scoring but you could tell there was a lot of work going on it's a game i would probably show americans who don't think that anything happens in a nil-nil draw for sure to point out that it can be just like a grappling match in like mma or something i don't know i'm, just, I'm trying to describe something where there's a lot happening and it takes a lot of technical skill to do it but to the person watching it it doesn't look like a lot's happening right now do you remember in the 43rd or like right around halftime when the co- coaches kind of had to be separated? But it wasn't Gary O'Neill in particular. It was like Deserby and the assistant coaching yeah. for Wolves. Excuse me, guys. I think it was in regards to when uh, Max Kilman literally just stepped on a dude's head in the Brighton game. I don't know if you saw it. Yes. It was very like non-incidental. Like you could tell he wasn't meaning to step on another human's head because that's yeah. just something that's... It reminded me yeah. of, I think somebody did it to an Arsenal player, to Tomiyasu, Everton did it. Mm. And it looked like the guy was just like, you know, screw you. But this one, it was just kind of like, you're in the way, I have to put my body down or I'm going to break something. And uh, I just thought that was interesting because for somebody to stand up to the dog of Deserby, you know, man, like like we've talked about before, I feel like he's the most frightening manager in the league. Like this guy breaks other other chairs, like breaks chairs in in the dugout sometimes. So... Uh, end of the first half, though, I, both teams were evenly matched. Um, like I said, it looked like Brighton deserved a little bit uh, something from the first half just based off the chances, but what were your overall thoughts on the first half? I kind of liked that it was a nil-nil because yeah. both teams really... There was no... There were standout moments for teams, but honestly, it was one of those games, like, if it would have been a 1-1 or a nil-nil, I, it just seemed like both teams not, didn't deserve to get lose the three points. Yeah, and, and we jump into the second half, and, like, literally, like, off rip 
Neto is driving down the right side of the flank, and he shifts over to more of a wide winger instead of that inverted winger. And Cunha drops into the actual striker role that we've been seeing him play at. And Neto is just driving down the right side, cooks the le- the right, uh, left back for Brighton, a Stupignon. And what's crazy is, I don't know if you saw this, but Jackson Steele or Jason Steele, the, the Brighton goalkeeper... Neto like was on the goal line where he j- Steele like kind of predicts that he's going to be crossing the ball and he cuts in front of the cross, but like if Neto just waited half a second longer before playing that ball, he probably just has to tap it near post. Did you see that? Because it was very brave from Steele. I don't remember it. Okay, because it was very brave from Steele. Like a goalkeeper is supposed to react from the obviously the cross or the shot. My man jumps as the ball like as he's going for the kick. Like if he does a fake shot. Like, that is the easiest goal we've ever seen, and, and Steele's getting murdered on social media. Dang. But it was, I don't know if this is the way Deserby has them play, where they want him to predict these sorts of types of pathway through balls or something, but um, there was just some risky moments in this game where you're thinking, like, if if they're just waiting half a cent lo- second longer or they're picking up their head, like, this could have been, like, a 2-3, to 1-0 leaning towards uh, sort of an escape in a sense, because both teams did deserve a draw here, so... Um, Man, it's just crazy. I just don't know who I'd pick to win. That's my thing on it because it's, I mean, you're like, you're pointing out chances and stuff, but nobody was able to put anything away. Exactly. And they're not even like clear cut chances. They're just like, well, I guess outside Sliding of the, doors moments. Like if A yeah. happened, B happened instead of A, then you get this. And but like B from, didn't happen, A happened, so you're getting Yeah, a. the only clear cut chance really was that Brighton corner in that first half when he like heads the ball into the ground. Now, um... Last thing on Brighton, um, I just feel like they're such a, uh, a well-drilled team by Deserby, and they play so risky when they're in possession as well. It just makes it uh, so exciting to watch, and that was the sort of the Brighton team that I was familiar with last season, and I felt like in the first half of the season, we were just missing that 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 culmination of this Did group. Did you want to cover this in stoppage time, the big news that happened out of Liverpool? Because one of the targets they're talking about for the replacement is Deserby. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll jump in that okay. because I, I think we have the same stoppage time, so maybe we'll just do a big spiel on, on Klopp yeah. at the end, but and we'll we'll, get, we'll also get into potential replacements. So, uh, so yeah. Guys, we don't really tell each other our stoppage time questions. It, the only one we know is the team we're picking. If you don't have Deserby as a shortlist for any manager opening of those big clubs, you're, you're kind of delusional because he is just at a team where you can see the potential in this group. They're just lacking a little bit of quality because, you know, it's Brighton. You know, they, they're still... They're a well-owned fun, uh, group, but the, everyone just picks them apart every time those players become good up to their potential. Yeah, that's why they have like the lowest net spend in the league. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt, they buy for five and sell for seventy-five to hundred million. Crazy, uh, Matt. What were your final thoughts on the game? I think I just gave I gave my final thoughts when you're asking who should have won it. It was just the epitome of a a, a well-fought nil-nil draw. Who are you? Um, now, because both of these teams are kind of close to each other in the table, I think they're around three points differential. Um, who do you think going forward is going to have the better side to finish higher than one? Or, one or the other? Who's going to finish higher? If n- now that Neto's coming back and nothing happens to Chan, I think that Wolves are going to outperform whatever anyone had for them for expectations wise this season. I ultimately think that Brighton will finish above them, but I don't know where either team will truly finish in the table because. Yeah. Your team is coming back, and there's three teams are kind of caught in this middle. Man United is making wholesale changes there in this kind of group there. Um, it really depends on if a team like Spurs, Arsenal, or Aston Villa screw up. Yeah. 
and, and what the response is to Klopp leaving. Yeah. I kind of know what City's going to do. I think I know what City's going to do. It just depends on what everyone else does around them. For sure. And, you know, uh, I think a big part portion of it will be considering uh, the availability of uh, Matoma when he comes back because we've only seen him in about eight games this season or 13 games, like... In Japan, called him away injured, right? Exactly. So he's just missed some time. It hasn't really been his he's season. He's also missed some time in the physio office, too. Like, Salah's come back to Liverpool hurt, yeah. so he can recover faster and hopefully be in there to help Egypt if the rest of the team can perform. But Yeah. Uh, but we're, uh, at that note, um, let's go ahead and you want to jump into the rumors right now, and then we'll go ahead and take a break? Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Or do you want to do our picks for this week and then do the rumors and then take a break? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. So- Jumping so, into our predictions here, guys. Predictions. First up, we got Week 22 predictions. The Tuesday games are Ars- first one's Arsenal at Nottingham Forest. Yeah, the the new no bounce is still thriving. Uh, although Nottingham Forest did not play well, or they played well, uh, they did not get a win against Brentford in that exciting game uh, last weekend. Um, but I, I think this only goes one way. But I think it's competitive. I think it's two one to the Goons. I got two two to the Goons. Because I think that the Arsenal's game after that is Arsenal home to Liverpool, and Arsenal's got to go into this game being strong. So you said two two, two nil. Oh, two nil. Gotcha. Two nil to the Goons uh, in, in a comfortable win. Okay, what's the next game for us, man? All right, next up we have Brighton visiting Luton. Man, uh, haven't seen Luton in a while. It feels like uh, in the Premier League, or maybe it just feels like we haven't seen the Premier League in a while, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, again, it's been a weird month uh, just with the start of the year and, and all the. A cups league tournaments going on around the league in the in the African Cup of Nations and Asian Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, in this circumstance, uh, with Brighton just playing on on Monday, I'm a little bit more refreshed in my mind. I we called uh, Luton Town a cauldron a couple uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago, um, and that leads into my prediction. Yeah, but in this circumstance, I'm going to pick Brighton. Uh, I'm going to go with a one 0 win to Brighton. I got one one draw. That's fair. I think Luton might nick something in the last dying embers of the game. They'll be down one nil and they'll maybe get that point out of it yeah we'll just keep themselves alive <laughs> yeah i feel uh, well they gotta keep in that mix i yeah. mean if any of the teams above them start to slip up they could possibly move out of the relegation zone just by picking up a draw here and a draw there this at this point in the season is crucial uh for these relegation t- uh, teams mm-hmm. because the season's starting back up and you've had a long break game yep exactly. but i don't think they can win it i think their only chance is to get a point um, and then after that, we have Everton at Fulham, two of the teams that they're competing against. I think this is a huge game. Um, just to, really, it just comes to depend on which Fulham team comes out uh, because yep. we know uh, Everton's going to be well drilled. Yeah, I I don't know what Fulham team is going to come out, but I if it's the winning team, I pick my ultimate goal is I picked a one zero Fulham victory. Okay, I just I. I could be completely wrong. It could be a 3-0 Everton victory. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think Everton have been playing well outside of the City game that they had uh, a couple weeks ago, which who plays well against City nowadays. Um, I think Everton win this, but I think it's close. I'm also going to go with the 1-0, but I think I have, I have it going to the Toffees. To the, to the Toffees, gotcha. Yeah. All right, next up we have the uh, Sheffield United at Crystal Palace. Ooh, this is. A I wrote the blades at the palace side of them. <laughs> two, two of the iconic managers for their respective clubs. Uh, very. This is a huge game for Hodgson uh, because I don't think we've seen a hot a seat as hot as the one Hodgson is sitting on right now. 
Well, and the thing is, too, he's leaving at the end of the year. So yeah. it's like, if you let the guy finish his contract, you don't have to pay Roy the money. But if you fire Roy, you got to pay Roy the money. It's just the only thing is... Or, is I mean, if, you pay him either way, but you just do it, The stuff. tricky thing is, is, like, the fans are not happy. So if, like, this... If they lose this, it could turn, you know, into huge protests. Because we saw the signs, you know, at Arsenal, mm. which... I thought you guys were playing, like, you're playing against Arsenal. I don't know if you need to bring the signs out for that one. But. I wouldn't have. I would have waited for this game. <laughs> exactly. Because it's like, I mean, but, but Roy said some stuff before the Arsenal game that That's, made, I mean, he just just like, oh, I didn't know they lost that many in a, or ever haven't performed that well, <laughs> but they're really good, so we'll just have to go out there and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's something along those lines, and I'm just like, that didn't instill me with confidence, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this circumstance, um... I do want to apologize to to the Palace fans, but I think the Blades of Wilder do get a point, and I think it's in the manner of a two two draw. I'm going for nil nil. Oh, okay, okay. No one no one gets the the the, the goal to take the lead. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I think it's gonna be a the game that Americans make fun of in a nil nil draw, which we saw today. Then Monday was a game that you see if you understand the game. This one's probably just. I think it's gonna be a bland affair, and nobody's gonna come out with anything. I got Cameron Archer and McAtee scoring for for the Uni- gotcha. Sheffield United Blades. All right. Ooh, this is a tasty one if, if one of the teams is starting to make a comeback. Uh, Newcastle at Aston Villa. The two home just yeah. titans, are, one's going away to the other one. Beginning of the season, way back at the beginning of the season, Newcastle mm-hmm. beat Villa 5-1, to one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure the good evening master, the Night King, will uh, remember that, and he will bring that up as, as motivation for this group. Um, huge. Huge game for Newcastle. I'm pre- I think it's bigger for Newcastle than it is for Villa. Well, I want to give you props on the speaking of that game that happened at the beginning of the season, the first opening game. You had said something to me, and then I saw what Alistair Alex Ferguson said on the game. You guys actually said similar things. You were just like, I can't. <laughs> you said something along the lines of, I can't believe Villa lost that bad. They didn't play like shit. It should have been like a three-two. Yeah. And Sir Alex Ferguson, well, you didn't say it articulately. Sir Alex Ferguson broke down why course, he was going to say that Villa's going to play well in, a, in yeah. a very constructive manner. But you guys came to the same conclusion. Hey, they'll call me Sir Reese Ferguson at some point. <laughs> Sir Reese Ferguson? Okay. <laughs> What's your prediction for this um, game? I think the villains are going to win this 2-0. to nil. I, I think I agree with you. I don't know if it's going to be 2-0. I think Newcastle do score. Uh, but I think it's going to be 3-1 to one to the villains. I, just, I tried to look up an injury report for Newcastle for this one. But they're coming back to full strength. But they're also talking about selling players that I'm just like... like. There's a lot of rumors around this team yeah. right now. And uh, the last thing they need to be doing is selling players, right? The problem with Newcastle is that they are spending like a team in the big six because they can. But they don't have the revenues. Like we saw the... Re- I sent you the revenue table earlier this week. And they are behind West Ham in terms of revenue. They are eighth place in the Premier League table in terms of revenue. They're spending like an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a Tottenham, and they're only and they're making half the money. And what sucks is they came into the season expecting to get into the round of sixteen of the Champions League mm-hmm. at minimum, but they got into the group of death. So it's, yeah, it's hard to pro- project your income when you're. Well, keep in it. mind that figure included the Champions, the, yeah, the, the, top, sure. the top three purse. So for if you sure. take away, if they had finished fifth and gotten a Europa League purse yeah. instead, which is like thirty million, they would have been in the bottom of the table they haven't built up the structures like the other clubs have for sure and um yeah we'll just have to see going forward which uh this newcastle team as it comes back to full strength um 
but I think this is going to be an exciting game. I th- mm-hmm. I'm only picking three one to the villains, but I'm not going to say it's like a deserved like they dominated. I think it's just going to be two this is particular the, chances. This is the last game on Tuesday. Gotcha. Okay. They all kind of play at the same. Excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. But Arsenal opens up against Forest, and then 30 minutes later, the other two games, three games, go off, and then an hour after Arsenal starts, this game goes off. Okay. Gotcha. So they're putting this in kind of the showcase, even though they're all really close together. Yeah. Oh, man, I just don't like the game that we're getting closer to on Wednesday. What's the next game on Wednesday? All right. So we're running Wednesday, and it's Burnley at Manchester City to open up. Perfect. Uh, Vincent Company visiting his old his old grounds. Um, but unfortunately, you can only see this going one way. Yeah. De Bruyne is now probably going to play 90 minutes because he's played in spurts. He's come on in the second half for games. I think he probably starts this one. Um, I'm going to go with a 3-0 City win. I don't know, maybe I was drunk, but I go, huh, City slip-up, Burnley 1-0. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> if I get it right, I'm gonna, I'm not going to let you forget it. So this is your official prediction. Yeah, I'm going 1-0 Burnley. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm swinging, we're not even putting our... We're seeing the better City, like City's getting only better yeah, and better. Better, better, <laughs> just and I'm just like, like maybe this is really their best game. <laughs> I don't know what I'm Matt, Matt's got the Abduni uh, goal there. I could have lied and made up and got agree with you, but I'm going to stick with whatever I was like, smoking it. at the time I wrote these I'm yesterday. With it. Uh, if, if Burnley do win, it's due to Abduni getting that goal. Or or our boy David Dautro Fofana in a debut. I'm with him, man. What's uh, the next maybe, game Maybe he's got some secret stuff he knows about Pep. I don't know. Um, but next up we have Brentford at Tottenham Hotspur. Oof. Ivan Tony and and it against the the uh, super son of Spurs. Uh, uh, son's not there. Yeah, son's not there. The super side of Spurs. Sorry. Um, it's tough because Spurs are missing so many players, and Brentford are getting healthier and healthier way with Tony coming back. Um, I think this is going to be an evenly contested game. I think it will end in a draw, and I'm going to have it one to one. I'm going three one to Spurs. You think it's I think Richarlison's going to score some more crap goals. I see, and he's going to wind keep winding up his stats because when I was we were building our teams, I looked and Richarlison's not that far at the very bottom of the top ten. Yeah, I, I just he scored more than any Arsenal player. <laughs> I just don't think in uh, with with how systematically sound uh, Thomas Frank has his sides like. I don't think Lo Celso, Benton Core are going to be the guys uh, to to assist with Kulisevsky and Richarlison to the point where they can win this game. In my in this game in particular, okay. although Brentford are towards the bottom of the league, they're a very strong team in a I sense. Get you. No, no, I and I, I agree where you're coming from, but I just think it's Bostikoglu. Yeah, I think Ange Ball yeah, will do some damage to him. Get I, some more Timo Werner. Because they keep winning when I don't. I don't think they'll win, and that's what that. I'm just going <laughs> with that because like yeah. I'm just like oh, so there's no way Spurs will do this. There's no way Spurs will beat this United team. They're too depleted. They don't beat them, but they make them look like chumps in a two-two. If you are, if you had a gun to your head and you had to choose one. German player to score this weekend is it going to be Timo Werner or, or this week or are you going to go I'm going Eden Hazard he did, he, he's Belgian <laughs> I'm not Eden Hazard I'm in uh, bah, well, what was I thinking the guy, the, the Kai there King you Kai, go my bad <laughs> I don't know Eden Hazard is not even German <laughs> too many Chelsea players that are, are floating around I'm with you man what's the next game for okay. us okay so I think I said brain fart there Chelsea at Liverpool yeah, of course Klopp decides to announce that he's leaving at the end of the season before they play Chelsea in a Premier League match. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think this is going to be 3-0 to Liverpool. Uh, thanks, thanks, man. I'm sorry. 
I don't want to. I was hoping you guys could do something, but I think the give it for the gaffer is going to give give it to you, unfortunately. Before Klopp announced, I was going for 2-1 to Chelsea, but once Klopp announced, I changed it to 3-0 to Poole. I have a very strong opinion about this game. Let me know. And it's going to be because the last six or seven times that Chelsea and Liverpool have met, in 90 minutes they have drawn. They have not beat each other in six or straight or seven straight games now of 90 minutes of play. First off, let me tell you guys that pisses me off uh, as a Chelsea fan. But second off, you can tell like how evenly these two sides are specifically when they play each other. Um, but in this circumstance, I am with you. Uh, Liverpool are the league leaders and I think they will show their dominance on Wednesday and I think it's all, it's going to be 2-0 to Liverpool. And maybe you say this is because of Klopp's um, leaving remarks. Yeah. He thinks that he's he believes his side can win the Europa League, multiple trophies is what I got from it. Yeah. That he will celebrate his final time with the club at Wembley or at the Europa League final, um, because of the, the way he said it. Yeah. Um, I think he fully thinks he's competing. He is competing on four fronts. He's competing in the FA Cup because yeah. they survived, right? For sure. Yeah, they, um, they beat against you in the, the, the League Cup. They're competing for the title, and they're in the final 16 of the Europa, or 32 of the Europa League. Yeah, and to go to the other side for Chelsea, uh, again, you spoiled Chelsea fans. We're now eight or nine uh, games of not losing. So, again, all you goofies out there that are talking down on Chelsea is crazy. Um, and I guarantee if but they you're lose— you're the best team in the modern yeah. era. But watch, I guarantee if they lose the game on Wednesday, it's back to Pachow, back to how bad we are. You guys are playing the best team in the league. You guys need to take a realization that this is a very tough team they're playing against. I'm not going to be surprised if we pull something out of our hat and win or tie, but the the books, the odds, you have to go with Liverpool here. I— Sorry, man. I just I I send you because unfortunately the Instagram algorithm I have sent you stuff and it knows what I like to send you, so it keeps sending me Chelsea fans being obnoxious little tools, and I'm just like, why are you saying potch out? Like I hate to say it, you guys are like, you look to me like you're the Arsenal in that season that we lost the 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 two seasons back where they did the the, the you thing. won where you won the FA Cup no 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 I'm talking about the one where we almost made the Champions League we ended up you don't believe where we lost the Spurs and Newcastle yeah. at the end I think you guys are building to that because Arsenal wasn't doing barely just tried to squeak in I think you guys may be able to because your form's improving now you're starting to beat the crap teams yeah and and well there's no crap teams but you're starting to beat the lower league opposition for sure and. We talk about this almost every single week, but this is a totally new team. Like it takes yeah. time for chemistry to be no. built, guys. It takes seasons sometimes for chemistry yeah. to be built. Especially so. with the amount of change you guys made. It's just <laughs> like how long has Sterling been with you? Since the last summer. Yeah. It's Sterling <laughs> and Thiago Silva, your only yeah. continuity in a team. That means you made nine changes. It's crazy, man. In- uh but yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on. I, I, right? I'm not wrong in that that statement, right? I, I mean, the players you guys seem to put out a lot, besides, because Reese James has been there for a while, but he doesn't play. Ben That's Chilwell, why he didn't make my team of the season, because ben he's Chilwell, constantly injured. Ben Chilwell, Reese James have been injured. We've had in and out and injuries for everybody. So... We're not, I'm not gonna. We're, we do this rant every single week with Chelsea, and I apologize, guys. But you guys need to understand that this team will be good one day, just not this season. It's just not the season. Matt, what's the next game for All us? All right, next up, so we go to that was the for the Wednesday games. There's cool. three games on Wednesday, and then there's two on Thursday. 
Uh, first, it was Bournemouth at West Ham. Ooh, that's going to be the a Cherry s- Prince. That's a sick game. Uh, at West Ham, too. Mm-hmm. That's I got the Cherry game. Prince winner 1-0. I think this over is over old man Moyes. That is a fun game. Yeah, especially after the decimation that Bournemouth was handed by Liverpool last week. Uh, I, I can see a bounce back for Bournemouth. But we've mm-hmm. we've said it since the start of this podcast, and we've said it since the start of the season. Bournemouth does not aren't chumps. Yep. They are a team that has a plan. They're well-drilled, they're well-disciplined. And I think they may be able to break down and get a, a goal. And But the, we go to the other side. West Ham are so, so good at absorbing pressure mm-hmm. from other teams. And this is a high-pressure team that they're playing against. We'll have to see this West Ham how they play in this low block against him in the counter. So and it just depends on if Jer- yeah. uh, Bowen's got his shooting boots on for sure. I think on the counter attack they they can do they he can definitely do something. But yeah. I, I don't I I want the Cherries to win. That's what I'm picking. You got you said one nil. Yep, one nil to the Bournemouth. Man, I think it's gonna be close. Um, I'm gonna go with two nil to the Cherries. I have confidence in this group. Oh, you have more confidence than I do. I'm thinking a fluke goal in a very tightly contested match against two disciplined teams. Okay. Bow and arrow. Sorry, hey, go ahead. We'll, go, we'll get into Slanky <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, later. So next up I have um, United at Wolves. I don't have. Their team is United <laughs> at Wolves, and I have United winning 1-0. Yeah, so you mentioned United at Wolves. Okay. Uh, that's another fun game. I'm loving the games this week, guys. Yeah. Uh, Finally, Premier League is back, and they bring some bring us with some bangers too. Uh, one nil to United. With what 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 sort of led you to that result? I think Garnacho is due for one of his crazy shots that completely disrupts the game and makes it so the other team has to play defensively. Now, there's not going to be no Onana, so we'll see if that's a blessing or a curse for United, uh, because currently Onana is a second-string goalkeeper for the country of Cameroon. Um, So kind of crazy what's going on for him right now with his form. Um, I think this is going to be a Wolves win, because Wolves are at home. And I think Neto finally returns and with his shooting boots. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Impressive. And I just wanted to check something before we move on. Dang, so they're playing the there's weekend games right after this, so you're gonna be yep. hearing from us on yep. Thursday and on Sunday. Yes sir. So yeah we'll we'll be well, by the way guys, we are gonna be doing a, a, an episode on Thursday night and then we will also be doing our usual, you know, weekend well, league podcast. Let's take a well. break and get in some stoppage time and our team of the season. Oh do you want to do your rumors first? My bad. We'll, we'll take our break. We'll be right back with you guys with the rumors. All right, guys. We are back with a super long stoppage time because a lot <laughs> has happened uh, this week, but we haven't been here to cover it. Reese, yeah. start us off. Really quickly, uh, jumping into our rumors. Uh, so we have way back on Tuesday, we have Leander Dendonker heading to Napoli, a uh, loan deal between uh, Napoli and Aston Villa. Dendonker goes from scoring the winner for, uh, against what Sheffield United or something like that a couple weeks ago. Then they ship him out to Napoli for the rest of the season to help him get in the top four. Uh, we have, you'll like this one, Nottingham Forest in talks with Borussia Dortmund to sign midfielder Giovanni Reina uh, on a loan deal with a buy option. Gio Reina to join up with Tyler Adams. Did you say Nottingham Forest? Yes, what? and the dog Matt Turner, the Americans to the How Avengers. How are you there under investigation for points? Well, it'd be a loan with the buy option, so maybe the loan deal wouldn't be that yeah, expensive. That's true. Amateur amateurization will take effect yeah. at the end of the season. We'll have to see. We'll have to see yeah. what the what the fees are. Um, okay, that that is a cool rumor. 
Uh, <laughs> next thing here, we have Newcastle reach agreement with Man City to sign midfield talent Alfie Harrison for an undisclosed fee, 18-year-old long-term project. So obviously not going to make an impact this season. But uh, again, uh, a lot of uh, teams are buying into these uh, young talent for the long-term pursuit. Excuse me, guys. We're just belching on the mics for you today. Sorry we do this, apologize. Guys. It's the Edo effect, man. <laughs> hey, you guys got to realize uh, it's conference championship Sunday in the NFL. You know, we're going to be eating unhealthy all day probably. So yeah. just be ready for it. Uh, next thing here, uh, New, uh, Bayern Munich are now out of the race for Kieran Trippier after uh, Bayern sent, a, a, sent in a proposal of $15 million. Uh, Newcastle came out and just announced again he is not for sale. So... Uh, not going to be anything moving forward there. I think they want $40 million plus so they can invest in the future. For and sure. nobody's going to give them that in the January window. For sure. Now, I think this is a huge one. Uh, we have West Ham uh, set to announce Calvin Phillips on loan for Manchester City. Did you see his little interviews he's done? Yep, yep. Uh, I'm okay. happy for him, man. Yeah. And, and I think he fits this uh, formation and the way West Ham plays so well. Uh, because one thing Calvin Phillips is good at is he's good at putting a freaking tackle in. And, and he is one of the best at defensive success rates and also progressive passes after making a defensive tackle. So I'm happy for him. What are your thoughts on that deal? Um, I think it's good for him. Yeah. Um, honestly, man, I loved his little intro video where the West Ham staff are asking him questions. And he just seems like such a shy little young man. Actually, how old is he anyway? I, I think he's 24 or 25. Okay, yeah, know. shy young man. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, what are you thinking about? Do, what are you saying for sport London? He goes, well, you know, the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't get the, he didn't get the best uh, start to City, so hopefully this can recoup his, his form again. Well, I always kind of keep an eye on Leeds. And for sure. I was really excited. I thought he was going to do great things when he went to Man City. I couldn't understand why they paid that much money for him that he just didn't do anything. Yeah. I don't know what... I, maybe it's because he just couldn't compete with the players they had ahead of him, and that's what I hope yeah. that you have a A and A plus, and he's a B plus A minus. For sure, still a great player, and will make a massive contribution to West Ham. Yeah, and and uh, hopefully long term for City as well. Uh, huge news again. Uh, I think this is huge news personally. Personally, Brentford have reached an agreement with Club Brugge or Bruges, the Belgian Bruges. Thank you, the Belgian side uh, to sign Antonio Nusa, a highly talented winger prospect. Uh, Spurs were very close to signing him. The deal is in place for a fee of over $30 million, um, but he's going to be staying at Bruges until the end of June, and he'll be joining next year. But huge prospect signature for Brentford. And that says that Brentford plans to stay up. Yep, exactly. Because there's no way he's moving to a championship side. For sure, especially if you're a talented prospect yeah. like this. Um, Aston Villa have submitted a third bid to Middlesbrough for Morgan Rogers. Understand it's in the region of $15 million. Again, this has been Villa's main target the whole uh, month of January. So um, I could see that one getting done before the de- the deadline's over. Um, next thing here, Brighton in negotiations with Leicester to sign Kiernan Dewsbury Hall uh, for $30 million. If you remember him back in the Premier League, he had a, a great spell for Leicester while he was in the Premier League. I'm sure he's doing the same numbers uh, in the championship as well, but that'd be a huge signing for Brighton. No, I agree with you. Um, I'm glad that some of these teams are making moves because some are teams can't. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it looked like at the beginning of this transfer window it was going to be a pretty boring window. <laughs> uh, Brentford are active again. Uh, Brentford reach agreement with Elfsborg to sign goalkeeper Hakan Raft 
Valdemarsen. Again, I apologize. I'm going to be butchering some names. Uh, for, for around $3 million, 22-year-old Iceland international flying into undergo medical. So I think this one's underrated uh, because their goalkeeping has been lacking. I don't think he's going to play this year because he is young, but just something to keep an eye on for Brentford as maybe their their, their franchise goalkeeper, as us Americans say. <laughs> um, but that is it for the rumors. Uh, Matt, we're gonna, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. On Friday, uh, Jurgen Klopp announced that he is going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season and it taking a break. Friday. Friday morning for us. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your initial reactions when that news came out? So I went back and listened to his press conference. My initial reaction was yes, but my net, my secondary reaction, because we don't want to get in as, as partisans on our, our two teams, Um because to me, outside of Arsenal managers, Klopp has been my favorite Premier League manager of the last, since I've been a fan. Um, there's been a couple that have come and go, but consistently Klopp has changed the game. He brought something to the league that this heavy metal football that challenged it. You see, it. he made, to me, has made just as much influence as Pep with less than half the resources. And I love, as somebody who has struggled um, from time to time with his mental health, um, I like that he's putting himself and his family above his job. And he has the ability to do that when some other people don't. And I'm not passing aspersions. I think that everyone needs to get to the point where they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly think he's a great man. And if you said, said Matt, which EPL manager do you want to go have a beer with? He'd be number one on my table. For sure. Historically, he'd be number two. Arsene Wenger, I'd love to have a glass <laughs> of wine with that man. Yeah. Um, because we probably wouldn't talk football. We'd probably touch such Franco-German history and stuff and yeah. stuff like that. But Klopp would be the number one of the current managers on my list, and Sean Dyche would be the last. <laughs> so um, just, Dyche terrifies me. Like, Deserby with you, Dyche scares me. <laughs> I'm sure most Liverpoolians would agree with you that Dyche is last because he manages Everton. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Pool, uh, the, the uh, Merseyside Derby. Um, yeah, for me, man, uh, Klopp... When he, if you think about where football would be in the Premier League, if Klopp wasn't at Liverpool, you'd be looking at City completely dominating the league, and these leagues would not be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he single-handedly, in my opinion, has made the league fun to watch um, because of that. He has an antidote to Wego Despecial on football. Exactly. And, uh, you know, what a personality as well, uh, being outside of the norm, kind of not as obviously out there like Mourinho is with the way he says things, but not afraid to put his voice out there and stand up for what he believes in. Sometimes it is uh, out of the ordinary and, and um, something you wouldn't expect to come from, but he has a personality that you can almost agree with it too. He's the most human of the Premier League managers yeah. to me. Um, like he was saying stuff during the pandemic that like, you know, Pep and Arteta, well, Arteta was brand new and yeah. like, but a lot of the managers were trying to like mind their P's and Q's. I mean, Mourinho was in there, Ole and Schoeser. They were just trying to toe the line. He was the one who was just like trying to get the league shut down when he was in yeah. full stadiums in Europe when this was going down. I remember, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember I'm like, he's a person to me. The other guys seem too managed. Yeah. And, you know, He's like Mourinho and him are like polar opposites where they're both not managed, but Mourinho just seems like a, a troll S talker and Klopp seems like a person you that the real human being. For sure. Now, um 
I think if you look back at his career as a whole too, if this obviously he says he's going to be at least taking a year off, he may consider coming back. But um, if he does not come back from this, if you look at back at his career as a whole, uh, last team to win the Bundesliga title was his BVB Borussia Dortmund team. Uh, so it only goes to show that last team other than Bayern Munich, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, that hasn't won it in like the last what 15, 14 years. He's won it twice against the a really like insurmountable odds. Yeah, and to do that against two powerhouse clubs that have ran their respective leagues for the last decade, um, it shows the true talent that that Klopp had, along with uh, him just being a good human. Because. Um, you know, he, he in one thing we can talk about again. You know, with with our respective teams, is we may not like Klopp to a certain degree, but what he does so well is backs his players, and uh, especially with Luis Diaz earlier in the season, and now Mo Salah with his injury, he you know fully agrees with his players' perspectives that these guys care about their nations, and they he cares for their families and well being as well. Yeah, and he had to come out recently and basically say like. Don't call him, like, basically don't talk trash about Mo Salah. Yeah. We have better facilities than Egypt. He's the most loyal Egyptian. We're trying to get him ready for Egypt and yeah. for us. Exactly. It's not just about us. It's about getting him to the goals he wants to achieve. Of course. And I don't know if you saw the video, but uh, it kind of resurfaced on social media when um, there was a, uh, a person uh, with needs um, who... Klopp discovered who was a huge Liverpool fan and he flew him out or he got him out to to the Liverpool training center he got to see him and um you know it just goes to show how caring and 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 uh uh, down to earth he was uh with all the other uh stuff that he had going on with uh, around him as well yeah and the only person to me that can fill the the vacuum right now that I can see that Klopp's gonna leave is like the personable yeah. Manager is Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna be the new, like, he doesn't play the way Klopp does, but the the no BS kind of nice guy, good guy. I prefer good guy over nice guy. Good guy is gonna yeah. be Ange for sure because they both um, seem like real people. Down there, like people. I like my manager, but my manager is a well disciplined, like American psychopath kind of guy. <laughs> Now, we, we got into the cuddly Dudley stuff mm-hmm. with Klopp and, and, you know, how great of a manager he was. We do, unfortunately, have to talk business now, Matt. Mm-hmm. Let's go over the potential short list before we jump into our Premier League team of the season. I'm going to rattle off some names and you let me know who you like the most, okay? Who do I like or who do I want to go there? Who do you, okay. Who, not, no biased perspective. Who do you think would best fit this Liverpool team going forward? Okay. So we, we rattle go. off your names. I already have my answers for this. For sure. We have Savi Alonso, uh, manager. Alonso. Yes, the manager <laughs> for Leverkusen or Leverkusen, who is currently first in league uh, for the Bundesliga. You have the Cherry Prince. I'm just going to throw his name in there, even though they may not consider him. He hey, deserves if to be. Emery's in this conversation online. I definitely sure. think Oriola should be on there too. We have Julian Nagelsmann, uh, free agent, German manager, um, one of the best in the league, young manager as well. You have Roberto De Zerbi, who, if you don't have on a short list for anything, you might be a psychopath. Uh, we have newly wed, newly single, possibly in the midst of being divorced from his club, Mr. Savi himself out of mm. Barcelona. Uh, I don't think, I don't know what his Isn't next... newly wed, newly single? <laughs> it confused me for a second. I was like... I butchered that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, who is he talking about? Who got divorced? We'll have to see, we'll have to see what Savi's plan is, but that's just something to consider as well. Matt, who do you like the most? 
So I think the best fit for them overall is Xavi Alonso. I don't think he's going to go. Um, Why do you say that? I just I don't. I think he doesn't want to leave this Leverkusen team right now. He literally is in his first season. I don't know if they're going to go with somebody. That's the second season. Second, oh, my bad. You're good. But basically his first full season. Uh, okay, then maybe group. he is the one to go. Yeah. I mean, if I can kind of just see the Klopp's similarities, you know, like mm-hmm. won the Bundesliga and then head down to Liverpool and, and just continue your dominance. Who I, well, yeah. who I think is the best one and should be the one that they pay pay the contract out and do the money for is Zerbe. Yeah. I think he is perfectly adapted to the Premier League and I think he should be like and I don't mean to throw any shade in any of the people I'm going to speak about because all the managers that have filled these big voids at these iconic managers have always kind of been a fall guy yep. to deal with it I mean David Moyes great manager you know he unfortunately went after Sir Alex Ferguson Unai Emery went after um, you know the legend Wenger I think that you're in a similar situation with this, and honestly, I think that Deserby would be the guy who would handle this takeover the best and would set it up for success. I think he would probably do like two to four years at the job and would be one of the guys to maybe break this cycle because he went in after Graham Potter, a much smaller scale in comparison, but... Potter was a big impact for Brighton Mm -hmm. at the time, though. And he hit the ground running. I think he has the respect of every player in that Liverpool team. And I think Xavi does too. And for Zavi, sure. Xavi Alonso and of course. And, and who's the one for Barcelona? Xavi. Okay. Well, they're both named Xavi. Yeah, Xavi, Xavi and then Xavi Alonso. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Xavi and Xavi Alonso. I think that they will both could do very good. But honestly, if I was picking, I would go for Deserbi. I think he would. And then you could bring in a more seasoned Xavi Alonso to this side because he played for them in the past. Yeah. And he could be that guy who does 10 years. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I think Deserby is the next choice. Um, he's going to cost some money for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I think if you were to talk about the tiers of manager in the Premier League, Deserby is in that group of the top tier managers outside of, the, especially outside of the big six. And um, I, I think he is one of the top six managers in the league. I think now that Klopp's gone, mm-hmm. I think that. He, he slots right in. Yeah. And if you look at the possible turnover, because, you know, I can only assume that Salah, this will probably be, if, if Klopp goes, I think Salah goes too. Um, if if he is, you know, going to be heading to Saudi. Or something. Salah's in a unique position because the, the Saudi Arabian League seems to be cooling off, but as a player of Arabic descent, he is exactly who they want to yeah. come in there. And that would be the face. he will still get fetch the, you know, yeah. $100 million for him and give for him sure. the ability to rebuild $120 million. Yeah, and... and um, along with that, you know, you have to think about Van Dyke's future as well. I, I don't think I think Van Dyke may retire a Liverpool player, but if that is something, you know, he's like, all right, Klopp's leaving. This may be my time as well. Uh, I think Deserby's the guy who can fill in the void of the next generation of players. Uh, he already is familiar with Alexis McAllister, who has been playing more as a six for Liverpool this season. And if you guys watch McAllister, he is definitely not a six. Very special eight or ten players. So. Um, I'm I'm very interested. Uh, this is going to be a topic we'll be rediscussing as it gets closer to the end of the season for sure. I think Xavi Alonso and Zerbi are the two my top tier picks. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. I think this is just fan talk. I haven't heard anything. I don't know why they pick Unai Emery. I think Unai Emery is going to stay with Villa. And yeah, do good for there. sure. Um, he doesn't Javi, fit that team. Either. I I think Xavi's going to take a, a break. Yeah. I, he says he's burnt out from the Barcelona job, and surprisingly enough, since the time he's been in there. Barcelona has accumulated the third highest points in all top five leagues, 
right behind Manchester City. He's accumulated more points in his time than Jurgen Klopp has. Yeah. I think he would be a great He'd probably be my third pick. Yeah. Um, and I, then Cherry Prince would be my fourth. I gotcha. For me, uh, Deserbi, Savi Alonso, which should be your two biggest priorities. Um, and then I think you look at Julian Nagelsmann, a uh, young manager, very prominent, could be assisting with that project that they're building. Um, and then, you know, my boy Cherry Prince, that'd be the order I'd go in. I don't know enough about Nagelsmann. I know he's a good coach, but I don't. I haven't seen him play enough to make any kind of considerations. I also haven't seen Javi Alonso play, but... I oh work, my gosh, but, Matt, or, I'm telling you, just hold on. Coach, sorry. Yeah, I, you got to watch a Leverkusen game. It is it is mind-blowing. So we have a former... You have a former co-worker, I have a current co-worker, who's a huge fan of the Bundesliga. And we have spent pro, probably... Three days, he explained to me how he is a Bayern Munich fan, but he thinks that there's no way this Bayern Munich team can win this league and has sent me clips um, of the coaching of this Leverkusen team. And I have seen compilations of Grand Xhaka playing for them, so I have a little bit of experience. So he has kept Grand Xhaka at that level. He was playing that for Arsenal, and I think maybe even made him like better, but it's hard to turn an A into an A+, plus, yeah. but he's there. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you have time to watch a full 90 minutes of Leverkusen when we're not watching Premier League ball, that is a fun, like one of the f- most fun teams to watch. They're, they run these two outside backs who just carry their offense. It's insane. All right, so well, we're getting out of topic, okay. but for Liverpool with Klopp, um, again, just, just a legend manager, one of the greatest of all time, um, not only at Liverpool, but in general, uh, with what he's accomplished for, for oh, yeah. his respect. I mean, if you rank the top 10 premier, uh, top flight managers, he may, he would definitely break top 10. I don't know where he'd be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into my most, uh, favorite segment that we're going to be doing, uh, you know, we'll probably touch base with that at the end of the season, but we are going to be do our, doing our team of the season so far, uh, our favorite players this season who have performed. Uh, so what the order we're going to be going in is a 4-3-3. Uh, we have goalkeeper, and then we'll go left back, center backs, right back, midfield, left wing striker, right wing. Or left wing, right wing striker. So I had to change this up last minute, guys. I thought he said 4-4-3 and making a Todd Bowley <laughs> team, so I had to delete a midfielder and add a goalie. Hey, uh, you know what though? That's a that's a great idea. So end of season, we'll go with a four four three for Bowley. Uh, I'm down with that. <laughs> All player, you can only pick two players over thirty years old. Yep. And you have to pick every other player has to be under twenty four, and yep. you have no goalie. There you go. I'm, for, I'm with it. Uh, so starting with your goalkeeper, Matt, who'd you go with? So I added him last minute. I think, even though this pains me to say it, I think he's probably the best goalkeeper right now in the league. Statistically, Allison's the best, but I'm going with, and you're going to have to help me with his name, Tottenham goalkeeper. Vicario. Vicario. Okay. I can't, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the man's first name. That was one of my honorable mentions. Because I I knew you were probably going to pick Allison. I did not, actually. I went with somebody else, but we'll we'll go with that in a moment. I'm with you, though. Uh, Vicario has been one of the best goalkeepers this season. His distribution is exactly what Bostokoglu ball is. So, uh, for becoming from the Lazio 2, who... Was it Lazio? I'm, I might I might be blank. I think it is SS Lazio. Okay. If it is Lazio, perfect. If not, I apologize. Uh, but he is, you know... He definitely came from Syria. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he slotted right into the Premier League play style. It was just a great scra- scouting from, from from Tottenham. So, I love that pick. I went with Emmy Martinez. Um, he has five clean sheets this season. You know, second to Allison with the seven. Um, the reason I have Emmy Martinez over Allison... Liverpool have not played well in the first half, and I think partial, partially with that is because of Allison's lack of distribution at times in that first half. 
and he's costed them some goals. So I went with Emmy Martinez because it pains me to say it, but I don't think he's getting the credit he deserves. And I think when he won the Yashin Award and when he won the Goalkeeper World Cup, it rubbed people the wrong way. Um, but this guy has at, at least three man of the match performances already this season, just off of him. To me, he's a great product with a bad marketing division team, and his marketing team is him. Yeah, exactly. Like when he got sold from Arsenal, he wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I just was like, I didn't want to listen to him anymore. He yeah. talks so much, I don't want to hear him talk. For sure. And but he is a great player. Yeah. Honestly, he was in my, that list. My top three. He was number three. Yeah. And if you like, because I can't pick Aaron Ramsdale. If you look at <laughs> if you look at Villa's biggest win this season against Arsenal, it was because of the man to match performance of Emmy Martinez. No, I think, well, also I think that no, their biggest win was the City just oh, yeah, trouncing. That's that too. Yeah. The Arsenal win was a great win for them, but the most impressive win was them handling a City team like they. You're right. Like my bad. Like that fight from Scary Movie where the girl pushes the little demon's head and she's swinging and she just knocks her down. <laughs> Uh, next thing here, guys, we got left back. I'll I'll do this one. Um, this one was tough to it's decide. So hard, right? And the reason I go with my pick is because this season the left backs have been not up to the standard. The standard uh, because the standards. because of the availability. So you have City who doesn't even have a left back. They're running Vardiol center back there. You have Robertson who's been out for all season. You have Timber who's been out all season. You have Ben Chilwell who's been gone all season. Zinchenko who's been underperforming. Luke Shaw is Luke Shaw. He's also been out for a lot of the season. So I went with Destiny Udogi, uh, the left back for the Spurs. Uh, I feel like he's been fitting right in again with the Bostakoglu system. And he's from Sassuolo Sassuolo, uh, from the Serie A as well. So uh, I went with Udogi. him in the left flank with the sun has been fun to watch. Who so was your pick? Me and me both had the same problem. We both went with different things. I looked. I couldn't pick any. I couldn't think of any left back but Zinchenko, yeah. and I would not been impressed with him this year. So I went and looked at statistically who's the best left back. And now you told me I didn't see this on statistic. This guy only has played eight games, but I just went with the best statistical player in the position, and I went with Estupian. 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 Thank yes. you, sir. And. He was part of my honorable mentions. If he had played as many games as Udogi this season, he is by far the best option. But it's because he's only played eight games that I just had Udogi yeah. edging him out. Pause. Um, I just didn't know who to pick. Exactly. And it's a tough position. There's no clear-cut best. Estupinian is a crazy, crazy good left 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 back who is 26 years old. So he's going to be fun to watch for Brighton going forward. Are we going to go to right or go through the center backs? We'll go through the center backs and okay. the right. So into the center backs, uh, uh, why don't you give us your two options? Who'd you go with? So Who'd I went players? with John Stones and William Saliba. Mm-hmm. Not the team I picked to go together. If we were picking a team to play each other, I just thought to pick the two best players. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think Virgil Virgil Van Dyke was in this discussion till the last minute, um, but I went with an Ar- I'm an Arsenal guy. I went with an Arsenal player, and I went with John Stones because I think he's a, been great this season. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because uh, I hope that you'd pick Van Dyke because I think we need to talk about him for sure. Uh, and I think Stones is a good option. Only reason I didn't pick Stones again was just game time. He didn't play the amount of games compared to Van Dyke and mm-hmm. Saliba. And I did pick Van Dyke and Saliba. Um, he's looking like Van Dyke again. That's why I picked Stones, because I figured you were going to pick Van Dyke and Saliba. Gotcha. Because you, I know you like secretly love them. Yeah, I don't love anybody. I don't love nobody. All right, except my girlfriend. Don't don't. And your cats. And my cats. And right, Paco. All right, you got me there. <laughs> uh, but Van Dyke and Saliba. Um, 
Saliba's been barely dribble pass this season. He's been a force. Um, and Van Dyke's been better. <laughs> and Van Dyke has looked like prime Van Dyke. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions along with uh, Stones that I like. I said uh, I have Pau Torres, uh, left center back for for Villa, and I also have Gabriel, the, the center back for Arsenal. You guys right now have the best two back center back pairing. In Gabriel the and the other the, the Aston Villa guy were my Gabriel was the first to go. Yeah. Um, because I knew I was Saliba was the top my pick for me. Yeah. Because uh, I knew I couldn't pick both of them for sure. Uh, into right back. Uh, this one was so close for me. Um, I think you're probably going to go Trent, if I were to guess. You didn't go Trent. Mm-mm. Okay, so I went with Pedro Poro edging out Trent Alexander-Arnold. for So the Spurs right back. The only reason I did not have, uh, or I have Pet Poro winning uh, right back of the season, sorry, was just because he stepped up with all the injuries around him. So much was happening around that Spurs team and a lot of player movement in regards to who he's playing next to. And Poro stepped up big with seven assists. Even though he got skinned a lot, I went with Walker because I read a story that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold's grandmother was Sir Alex Ferguson's first girlfriend. And I just said no. (laughs) (laughs) That is the worst uh, uh, example I think I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Kyle Walker's had a pretty good season. He's gotten uh, skinned a couple times. For but sure. Yeah. He, he's still a veteran. Yeah. I knew you weren't going to pick him, so I wanted to give him a give him a spot. Because I, I know you sure. I just like him. I know you don't like or sorry. I know you would gloss over him and pick somebody else. Yeah. And uh my honorable mention was Trent. I feel like we both keep guessing, dog. I feel like we did a disservice to him now, because I was hoping you would pick Trent if it because if you were to go by between Poro and Trent. Most people probably say Trent, but just on game time availability, I went Poro. Uh, but Trent has been insane for Liverpool, and, and he's a huge reason why they're top of the league. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just was I, – I, I, uh, I galactic headed this one. All right, so let's jump into our midfielders. Now, I want to do this one by one. Can we at least both agree that we have Rodri? Yes, Rodri is one of my three. Okay, so let's discuss Rodri. This should be a pretty nailed-on certified player in your pl- uh, team of the season. Uh, because City have been undefeated since February of 2023 when, when he's he on the plays, field. When he plays, they are undefeated. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Uh, that's a, that's an insane stat. They've been undefeated so for this long. He was my just. I did, made my chart and I just picked him. Yeah. There were two players I picked without even thinking about it. Exactly, he was one of them for sure. I'm, now, I, I no Arsenal agree. players made that. Just so you know, I literally picked two arch rivals of Arsenal. I literally picked two players. And just was like here, here. I respect that, Matt. I'm happy you're 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 joining me in our unbiasedness here. It's, I had to get biased at the end, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, who? Else? Let's go with your second well, midfielder. Let's do an honorable mention because both of you, me, discussed this earlier. Um, both of us picked this guy and then dropped him because of his playing time. I want to talk about James Madison. Ah, he yes. was been the other guy. If he, I don't know well what I'd seen if he hadn't gotten hurt earlier in the season. He would have been the other one I jot right in yeah if 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 madison had played you know since his injury if he played like if he never got injured he would probably be in the discussion for player of the season Mm -hmm. because that's what the form he was playing at for spurs but Uh, yeah you want to know who i had next um so i'm gonna go i did pick an arsenal player i picked declan rice as my one of my other three midfielders i'm happy you picked him uh because i did not and it hurt me honestly well no and i didn't think you would pick him that's why i picked but i don't do i didn't do it out of biasness though Mm -hmm. the reason i didn't select declan rice was simply because espn had these two other players uh positioned as midfielders so i went off what espn (laughs) positioned these folks Okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. Well, I'll, I'll I'll clarify this, but only Declan Rice has 
pretty much played hero ball uh, in about three to four games for Arsenal, where he has been the difference maker for you guys. Um, he has been the engine and most consistent player in that midfield uh, because we've seen a little bit of a fall off from Odegaard at certain points in the season. And Kai took half the season to click. And then Jorginho or Kai just couldn't really, you know, one of them is 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 not playing up to the standard yeah. that Declan Rice has been playing. Well, I just think, phys- yeah, physically Jorginho is never going to be Rice. I think he's going to have yeah. to play his metronome from the back football. But sure. um, who who do you have as your second midfielder? Let's- so this, this one, in my opinion, isn't debatable, but he just doesn't get the credit he deserves. My man Bernardo Silva, if he is... He continues to get disrespected, and he's not in anybody's Premier League team of the season. Can I just can I no, I, I, can I cook up? I did not consider him. Yeah, so. because he's he's like one of those winger midfield hybrids. Like he'll play winger and he'll play midfield. So he's been playing majority midfield. So I went with it with, with okay. what ESPN I'm was saying. I'm impressed say. with this pick. I'm glad you did pick him. He has ten goals and assists in about. 20 games a season, and he is the best pressing player in world football. So, and to be fair, go back into episode six or seven where we did our yep. our team. I did add him to my list because I think all time he's one of the best players. Exactly. And right now, I think he's in the Jorginho camp if he can cook, but he can't cook all the time. But he still can cook. He's, he's been, still an impressive player. But he has been cooking. Oh, yeah. All season. No, he still can and has cooked. <laughs> I don't even disagree with you. All right, but who is your third midfielder? So... I had to give Aston Villa some love in this list because yeah. they are doing really good. I went with Douglas Elise. Great pick. I, um, I also consider. I want him Arsenal well. to sign him. I think he's a great player. Yeah, the engine for for the Villa side. Mm-hmm. Um, only reason I didn't go with him was simply because of the competition around him. Uh, before we get into my third pick, I want to give some other honorable mentions. Uh, Mario Lamina for Wolves, the midfielder for Wolves, has been outstanding for Wolves this season. And also Decore for Everton, uh, who has been crazy. He's their highest scoring player, but he's playing as a midfielder. So um, credit to those two players. My third player, again, he's played right wing a little bit. He's played attacking mid. We got to give it to my boy Cold Palmer here. Uh, he's been insane. Uh, he's at 15 goals and assists in 18 games, and he hasn't even started all those 18 games. He's come off the bench actually quite a bit. So um, he it was, was in my consideration for right winger. Okay. See, Once, well, the other guy I penciled in. It was, a but I had to go back and go. What other options do we yeah, have here? Sure. And then I go. Okay, yeah, cool. cool see, but now you see my point. Like yeah. it, he, he could have been right winger. He could have been midfielder. We, I think we both picked the same right winger. The, for to sure. me, it's undisputed. It has I to be. Like that, you gave him some love because an honorable mention. Well, we'll get to honorable mention. Okay. We'll go to the next position for sure. Uh, let's jump into the left wing position. Or did you want to go right wing? Let's, can we do right wing? Since okay. we've just been talking about it. Right wing, uh, Mo Salah. Mo Salah. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fourteen goals, nine assists in twenty games. That's twenty-five goals and assists in twenty games. If you guys want to appreciate greatness, do it now before the fucking dude leaves, please, mm-hmm. because he is one of the best in the world. Yeah. And honorable mentions to me in this category were. Cole Palmer before Bakayo Saka and then Bakayo Saka. Gotcha. Because he's been cold this season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, honorable mentions for me. I put Bowen, 13 goals and assists mm-hmm. in 20 games. He's Solid been pick. the best player for West Ham but probably. To me, him and Rodri, you just, they were just, yeah. I couldn't, if you didn't put them in there, it's a disservice. Team, you, people are just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, and I don't want to like pick them, but I have to pick them. I just sure. I can't say. I couldn't come out here and go, because Sock is my right winger of the season. <laughs> I can't do that because yeah. he hasn't been the right winger of the season. Well, Sala has ate his lunch and stolen his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, other other honorable mention, I'm with our boy Neto down at Wolves mm-hmm. as well. Uh, pre-injury, he was probably one of the best players this season as well. So, gotcha. Uh, let's mm-hmm. jump into the, the other winger side, left winger, Matt. 
Go ahead and so tell me this his. This one, I don't even... I'm going to be honest with you. I had to pick up with Sun. I agree. He wasn't an automatic pick for me. When I thought about it, I go, I've given this winger, and I've, I made a I love him pick for my striker, because to me, the striker's undisputed, but I wanted to talk about somebody else, because I didn't know if you pick him or not. Um, and I had to go to him in some. Yeah. 16 goals and assists in 20 appearances, uh, first season as a captain, and a new system as well, and that new system has benefited perfectly. When I was putting this together, he was one of my picks, but he wasn't like a nailed on, I have to put him. I had to see where I could fit him, yeah. and if it could fit, and yeah, he, he fit right in. Uh, only honorable mention I have for the left wing, because the left wing, honestly, this season, for me, has not been up to the standard of the Premier League. I, I put Anthony Gordon as an honorable mention. 12 goals and assists in 20 games. He's been pretty really good for Newcastle, especially lately. Martinelli makes my honorable mention only because of the last game against Palace, doing the brace. Gotcha. Uh, if he hadn't had that, he wouldn't have made honorable mentions. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, into the striker position. I want you to go first. So... You're not going to like this answer. Well, hey, I think we might have the same answer. I don't think we do. I still have to go Erling Holland. Only fifth. Let me cook. Let no, me cook. I, that's why I thought you were going to pick. That's why I picked my okay. guy. Okay, okay. So Erling Holland. he's only played 15 games, but he still has 14 goals and four assists. The guy can only play 10 games in a season. If he still has these numbers, you got to put him in that list. Matt, go well, ahead. I have to squeeze this man, and I know I've talked a lot of shit about him in the past, but you have to put Anthony. I'm just kidding. Anthony will not make my team this season. The Archer, Dominic Solanke, has exactly. made my team because I knew you would go with Holland because yeah. I knew you recognized greatness, but I know you want to talk about <laughs> Dominic Solanke, so I'm giving you the chance. Thank you. Uh, Solanke has been a revelation for the Cherry Prince. Uh, been a rev- goals. Yeah, uh, just absolutely crazy. Uh, we I don't think we've seen about... Uh, a striker. This Holland's undisputed. Yeah. There's no talk. You know, 16 goals. He's been injured for a third of the season. Like, yeah. But but Solanke is a huge reason where Bournemouth are, are where they are in the table because of him. So uh, and he's going to net them some money. Yeah. And uh, and a player of the month performance in December. He fully deserves to be in the conversation. Excuse me, guys. Uh, other honorable mentions. Uh, like I said, announced earlier for uh, the earlier game that we talked about, João Pedro uh, been great for Brighton this season. And I also did Isaac with with Newcastle. New- Nobody talks about Isaac, but the dude's got ten goals in thirteen games. Like no one talks about that. No, he was my yeah for honorable sure. mention. I kind of took Holland out of the equation because I knew you yeah. were going to pick him or he, we were going to talk about him. Yeah, for sure. To me, Holland's not that interesting. He's just, <laughs> he's just a Terminator. Like he you know he is great, and I recognize yeah. his greatness, but. He's just not interesting. Yep, and and I feel like you have to put De Bruyne in the honorable mentions as well, even though he's played two minutes of a game. He's still yeah. already played. Up to That's the why De Bruyne was. If De Bruyne had De Bruyne had played any time this season more than his two sub appearances, he would have been my other nailed on pick. I, I probably would have had a whole city midfield if De Bruyne played all season. Well, you, nobody can put my De Bruyne credentials into thing. I literally said he should have won the Ballon d'Or over yep. um, Messi and Holland. So I mean we can go back. You can go back. Yeah, there's but he didn't play this season. That's why I eliminated yeah, him for sure. Because you can't. I think he. We're gonna miss him when he's gone. I hated playing against him, but I think he is yeah. one of the best players in the in the modern era. Exactly. Um, if Shout you guys, out to our boy, the if, Chelsea fan. <laughs> if, if you guys uh, listened to one of our earlier episodes and you remember our Ballon d'Or rant, uh, just an all timer <laughs> rant that I've had. Uh, oh but it, no, I. <laughs> People at work, Rafa thought I was crazy for even putting De Bruyne in the conversation, and so did Josh, the yeah. two big super uh, soccer fans. I gotcha. Uh, they were just like, 
they they didn't listen to the episode, but they, I told them about it, and they asked me, and they're just like, yeah. "Why?" And I'm like, "You, De Bruyne is the best, the best mid player right now. He is yeah. a hybrid of some amazing players in the past, for sure." Uh, Matt, we have had another special episode. We finally have Premier League back. Do you want to have anything to cover before we jump off? No, sir. I think we good. We covered Klopp. We covered the rumors. We covered our team. We're very excited for these next games this week. We got some bangers for you guys uh, in these Premier League this upcoming week. Tune in on Thursday. Um, and also, I forgot to mention, we have started up a Twitter account uh, called at the 443 pod. Um, Matt, I didn't tell you this, but whenever we hit 50 followers, uh, we're going to be doing a $25 giveaway to our American followers. I will be paying for it. No worries. Oh, uh, like $12.50. $12.50. <laughs> uh, but when we hit 50 followers, we'll do a giveaway, uh, e-gift card style, $25. Um, just something to, to give back because we, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, we know it may take a while to hit that 50, but uh, give us a follow. We'll start tweeting as well when we hit 50. Uh, Matt, go ahead and close us out, man. Thanks for coming with us, guys, and live long and watch some football.